turn to Genesis chapter 39, and it has been a wonderful experience for us these last couple of days, and it's been a personal revival, I think. I mentioned that yesterday. Every time we come uh, to Calvary Baptist Church, it refreshes us, it re-energizes us. It's not all the time that preachers get to sit and, and uh, hear preaching, hear from other preachers, and just get to experience uh, the kind of services that we've experienced here, and we're going to take a little bit of North Carolina back to Alabama and liven things up a little bit down there, and uh, and uh, we want the Lord to be glorified in all of this and the preaching tonight. I do want to say I don't know of a more exciting Christ-honoring church than Calvary Baptist Church, and been to a lot of churches. I don't know of of many like this, and I don't know of a harder working pastor and pastor's wife than your pastor and pastor's wife. I, I can't keep up with him. I mean, he is, he preaches, he's, uh, he's uh, operating the church and leading the church, he's doing radio programs, he's writing books, and then tonight, man, my mind's just blown, he's a soloist too, I had no idea, and so... In March, they're going to be down at my place and be ready to sing, brother. We're going to get a trio together, and we'll sing down there and have a good time. And so I hope the Lord takes this, and, and it meshes in with what he has in mind for the service. In Genesis 39 and verse 1, the Bible talks about Joseph and says an interesting thing about Joseph. It says that he was a prosperous man. And, uh, and, and so I want to preach a little bit about biblical prosperity in our lives and our churches and it's different. In 21st century America, when we hear, hear the word prosper, we think of one thing. We think of money. And here, Joseph, had no, Joseph probably had no possessions right here in Genesis 39. He was pretty much an indentured servant. He was, he'd been sold uh, to Potiphar, and uh, that's the setting we're in. And so uh, he was a prosperous man, had nothing to do with finances. It had to do with everything else, his spiritual life. Hey, we're prosperous people tonight, just experiencing what we've experienced today. And in Genesis 39, it's the second time that we see the, the idea of prosperity. The first time was Genesis 24 and verse 56, where uh, the servant was going to get a bride for Isaac. And he said, the Lord prospered me in my way. It just means he just brought me favor. He brought me success brought me blessing in that endeavor. So I want to read. Let's all stand while we do read Genesis 39, verses 1 through 5, and then we'll uh, spend some time here in this passage. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. Uh, again, just sold into slavery, had no possession, but he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that uh, the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight and served him. And he made him overseer over his house and all that he had, he put into his hand. And it came to pass from that, you want me to use this instead? And it came to pass that time that he had made him, let's get this off all together and then we don't have to worry about that. Is this bothering anybody? <laughs> don't do anything else right there now. Now is this on? I want to say this.
But the Bible says he was a prosperous man uh, through all of that. He had some major setbacks along the way, but he maintained his integrity. He maintained his faith in Christ, and he responded well to every situation he faced in life. Like the proverbial cream, he always ended up rising uh, to the top in every area of life. Joseph was knocked down a bunch But he always ended back on his feet and finally ended with a pretty sweet deal. And what we would think in 21st century America, again, we would think, how can a guy get so lucky? But that's not it at all. That's that's not it in a a bit. Uh, How can a guy get all the breaks? That's not it at all. God was simply causing Joseph to prosper. He was putting his blessing upon his life. And in the end, Joseph did end up in a great place financially, but there's a ton for us to learn uh, from the man whom God said uh, was a prosperous man and had his hand a blessing upon him. I want to pray and then we'll get into the passage and uh, try to learn some things tonight and try to just kind of maybe put uh, put uh, the Bible cherry on top of all we've experienced today. Father, we do thank you. We love you. We're grateful for your love for us. And we ask you just to, just to meet with us tonight as you already have throughout yesterday and today. And, and Lord, speak to our hearts uh, from your word. Give us exactly what you want us to have and help us to take away exactly what you want us to take away. And Lord, we'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, look at verse number two again where it says, And the Lord was with Joseph. And that's it right there. That is the key. This is the reason Joseph was a prosperous man because God was with him and put his hand of blessing upon him. Joseph didn't do it. In fact, Joseph could not manufacture God's blessing in his life. You and I cannot manufacture God's blessing in our life. God did it in Joseph's life. Look back at verse 3 where it says, The Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And God did it. And God gets the glory for it. And whatever's done here at Calvary Baptist Church, God is doing it. And he gets all the glory for it. Whatever he's doing in your life... He is doing it, and we just get to go along for the ride and make sure we're giving him all the honor and all the glory. But the question I want to answer tonight is why Joseph? Is it just arbitrary? Uh, Does God, just like we drew the drawings for the Bibles this week, is it just drawing a name out of a cup? Does God choose at random who to prosper and who to bless? And we know the answer to that is, of course not. And there are reasons God chooses to bless people like Joseph. There are reasons God chooses to bless churches like Calvary Baptist Church. And there are reasons for it. And God loves every one of his children alike. Think about that. We've heard much about that this weekend. Uh, He loves us all equally. He loves us all passionately. He loves us all individually. But you don't have to look around long just at Christendom in general and realize that he does not always bless all of his children alike. Uh, Notice down in verse 5, God switches and goes from the word prosperity 
to the word blessing. Look there, and it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake and the blessing of the Lord. Notice whose blessing it is. It's the blessing of of the Lord. The Lord gives it as he will, uh, and it was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. By the way, notice how thorough the blessing of the Lord is. When the blessing of the Lord falls and when the blessing of the Lord comes, it's very thorough. Everything in the house, everything in the field, uh, God seemed to touch here, and the blessing was on all that he had. Now, I don't think it's a reach to say that God's prospering and God's blessing are, are one and the same. I think they can be interchangeable here. In fact, the definition for the Hebrew word for blessing in verse 5 is, uh, is akin to prosperity and to prosper. So it was God that caused Joseph to be prosperous and that caused the blessings on all that he had. But that still doesn't answer the question tonight, why Joseph? Why Joseph? Uh, I wonder, why not us? And I want to tell you this, it can be us tonight. It can be you. It can be me. God is no respecter of persons. And so it absolutely could be you or me whom God puts his hand of blessing on. Uh, in fact, it's not just one person at a time that can experience the blessings of God. Uh, his blessings are not limited. His blessings are not finite. Uh, he doesn't have just enough for you or your neighbor or the person across the aisle. He can bless them. He can bless you. He can bless all of us at the same time. His blessing is not like, oh boy, at, at lunch this afternoon, somebody brought your pastor a pumpkin pie and, and, a, and, in a, and in a pumpkin roll with that cream cheese rolled up in it. And I'll tell you, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of, of, of ever because of the food and all of that. And and uh, I'm looking forward to cheating on our diet when that rolls around for sure. And, uh, but it's not like the pie at Thanksgiving at, at the family gathering and, and you've got it eyed out and you know, man, I got to get to that first and I got to get the first piece because it's limited. That It's going to be gone at some point and uh, that's not the blessings of God. It's not like that pie where there's limited pieces. Uh, we used to catch our youngest son, Daniel, who's, who's still single and uh, going to college in our area and seeing one of the girls in our church and just committed uh, believer. But uh, when he was a teenager, he, he had this mentality like we were living in a third world country or something. And he'd, when the, the food got on the table, he'd make sure he took great heapings of portions on his plate uh, because he thought, I don't know if he, I don't know if it was more of something he was saying about me. I want to get it before dad gets it. But, uh, uh, but God's blessings are not that way. Matter of fact, I love Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. Now, if you try to get rich on your own, you can mark it down. It'll come with a lot of sorrow along the way. And he's not just talking about monetary uh, rich. He's talking about rich relationships. He's talking about rich experiences. There's so much more to life than just what you have in your bank account, what your pay stub says, uh, what's in your IRA. Uh, there's so much more to life. If you don't have rich relationships or rich experiences, if you don't have the joy of the Lord, if you don't have peace in your heart, if you don't have the fulfillment that we're going home with uh, today and we'll get on the plane and go back to Mobile tomorrow and our cup is full and it's overflowing, I'll make the case you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't 
have that richness, you're not rich at all. You're poor in God's economy. And uh, I just want to say this, uh, that I think from a young boy, Joseph had the kind of character that invited God's hand of blessing upon his life. Somebody said, we've got to get under the spout where the blessings of God come out. That's a, I'm sure someone from North Carolina said that. I'm sure a North Carolina preacher, they asked me for the, the title of my sermon. I don't normally give my titles, sermons titles, but uh, I figured I'm in North Carolina. I need to get me a flashy title. And so that's the title, Get Under the Spout Where the Blessings of God uh, Come Out. And so you can't live any way you want to as a believer and expect God's hand of blessing to be on you. In fact, James, turn in your Bibles to James chapter 1 and verse 25. James gives us a little look at this, a little glimpse of this into what God is looking for uh, to uh, put his hand a blessing, to prosper his children. In James 1 and verse 25, he said, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man, look at that, this man, this woman, this teenager, this child, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And I just want to say this about that. Of course, we understand he's talking about his word right here. And uh, so this man that gets in the word, uh, this man or this woman that reads it, studies it, and then begins to, to uh, practice it, begins to align their life with the word of God. The more we align our lives with his word, the more we can expect God's blessing and prosperity to be on us. This man was blessed. Joseph was this man. And we're going to see in just a minute uh, from the passage how Joseph was this man, the man who begins to apply God's word to his life. The life we live and how we respond to God's word determines God's willingness to bless and prosper his children. Uh, we're here as a church to try to help you get into the word of God. And, and those of you that are new, those of you maybe watching online that are new to Calvary Baptist Church, we exist here to help you on your journey with the word of God. We want to help you get in and read the word of God. We want to help you begin to align your life with the word of God. And we want to help all of us not be forgetful hearers, but actually put into practice what we read and see in the word of God. Be a doer of the work is how James put it, because that's the man, that's the woman who'll be blessed in his deed. You know, when I got saved, I, I got saved as a, in the military, I was in the Air Force, 18 years old. I'd just gone to my first duty station, and it was really my first time away from home officially, first time on my own, and moved into a dormitory. And you know, those of you that have been in the military, lots of you had been in the military. Uh, it was not uh, vacation Bible school or Sunday school or Bible camp. I mean, it was survival of the fittest. A lot of, lot of, a uh, lot of terrible things going on in there. A lot of sin happening in there. And I had a hole in my heart. I knew I didn't know what I needed, but I knew I needed something, and I knew uh, that I didn't have it, and I didn't know where to get it. And uh, God, as God would have it, my roommate. Uh, was a believer, went to an independent Baptist church. In fact, it was my wife's church and her family. Her dad was a deacon in that church, and she grew up in that church, and he invited me to a, a singles college-age activity uh, that Saturday, and I went. Didn't have anything better to do. Thought, well, maybe I'll try this. 
And when I got there, one of the men asked me point blank. The first time I can ever remember being asked this, uh, this clearly, he said, Randy, if you were to die today, are you 100% sure that you're going to heaven or do you have any doubts in your mind? And I said, I have no doubt at all that I'm not going to heaven. I know that. I said, what are the other options that I have? And he said, there are no other options. Uh, the other option is hell, eternity in hell. And I said, well, I certainly don't want to go there. And he took the Bible out and showed me uh, how that I was a sinner and how that Jesus died and paid the penalty for my sin. And all I had to do uh, was receive him, trust him, put my faith in his death, his burial, and his resurrection on the cross of Calvary. He told me that he loves you. And and he wants to save you. And I, boy, right there, right then, I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior and got up off my knees. I went down to my knees uh, burdened and, and uh, full of, uh, of just uh, uncertainty. I got up off my knees, saved with peace in my heart, knowing my eternity was secure, knowing I went to my knees on my way to hell. I got up off of my knees on my way to heaven. And what a wonderful day that was. And, and certainly... Before then, I could not have had the hand of God's blessing upon my life because I wasn't even a believer. On top of that, my, I, I wasn't a doer of the word. I remember, uh, and I thank God for a church like this and Christians like you in that church who began teaching me the word of God and helping me to get my life in alignment with the word of God. And by the way, that meant a lot of change in my life. That meant that I had to do, uh, but and God was changing me and his grace and his word was changing me and his Holy Spirit indwelling me began to change me. But I tell you, I had to change my schedule. I remember I went to church that very next Sunday morning and, and enjoyed it. Man, people were actually glad to see me and actually seemed like they genuinely cared about me. And so I, I went back. The guy gave me a ride back uh, uh, to the dorms that afternoon, and he said, hey, let me pick you up for church tonight. And I, I'd never heard about going back to church on Sunday night two times in one day. And I said, uh, you know, I'm good. I, we had a great morning. And he said, I, I, I've already been there today. Check that off. And he said, no, come back. It's a new service, new music. Everything's new. And so I had to rearrange my schedule. And from that time, I cleared everything else off on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night for 40 years. The last 40 years has been a priority uh, to us. Uh, my priorities had to change. I had to clear out space in my life for the things of God and the things that God wanted to add. And almost like a spiritual garage sale, out with the old and in with the new. How many of you are yard sailors out here? Do we have any yard sailors? Out here, man, my wife is a professional yard sailor. And and her and her sister had a yard sale, uh, was it last weekend or the weekend before? And I was, I was so happy because our garage is getting cleared out and all that stuff's going to go. And, uh, but she's such a yard sailor, she brought home almost as much stuff as she took. And so I, we still got stuff in our garage, but that's what has to happen spiritually. If we're going to be this man, you can't just tack on the new to the old of your life or it will be a cluttered mess. And as I began to try to live what I was learning, Learning in God's word, a measure of blessing began to come. Now, I want to remind you this. God didn't love me anymore. He couldn't love any of us any more than he already does to send his only begotten son to Calvary. He didn't love me anymore, but he, now he just had something to work with. And so I want to give you a few things about Joseph by way tonight that I think caused God 
to prosper him. I think this is what, uh, this was why Joseph was under that hand of blessing of the Lord. Number one is this, Joseph was a man of integrity and character and honesty. I want you to think about this. We're not going to look at a verse, uh, this, but you look at the entire narrative of Joseph's life. He is one Bible character that we see nothing negative ever recorded about his integrity or about his character. Everywhere he landed, he gained the trust and respect of those around him. He was trustworthy. And that word simply means he was worthy of trust and as worthy of trust as we can be in this flesh and as being uh, sinful creatures uh, that we are. Uh, Joseph was trustworthy. Potiphar trusted him. The jailer believed in his integrity and his sincerity. And uh, Potiphar put everything he had under his hand. In fact, it talks about Potter didn't even know what he had because he trusted Joseph that much. The jailer believed in his integrity. Even Pharaoh took him from the prison and put him in charge of the single most important job at that moment was how, how are we going to feed all of these millions of people after this famine and God will pl- prosper and bless his children who likewise have integrity and honesty and character. That's the first one. The second one is this, Joseph responded well. Now I want you to think about this. Joseph responded well to every instance of adversity he faced in his life. Everyone, he responded in a godly manner. He responded in a Christ-like way. He responded exactly the way uh, God would have wanted him to. Think about this again. His brothers faked his death, sold him into slavery, but he did not blame God. He certainly didn't hold a pity party. Uh, He certainly didn't quit on God or just give up or just uh, feel sorry for himself. When he landed in Potiphar's house, he worked hard. He kept a good attitude. He He remained optimistic. He did good work. And he was promoted to be the chief steward of the entire house. Now, you respond to life setbacks the way Joseph did, and you can begin to kind of look for the blessings of God on your life. Our problem is we pout, and we have a pity party. We have a party with our three favorite people, me, myself, and I, amen? Uh, Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go out back and eat worms or something like that. That's what we do. That's what we do. When he, uh, then he was thrown into jail, wrongfully accused, lied about uh, by Potiphar's wife. And what did he do? He didn't pout. He didn't give up. He didn't throw a tantrum. He didn't try to explain how uh, all of that was wrong. He helped the jailer out. He did what he could to be a blessing there. He did not ever get bitter. He did not ever get disillusioned. He never got cynical. He never got upset at the the leadership. He didn't shut down. I'm finding we do that 21st century America. We just shut down, man. We just quit answering our phone. Uh, We just quit showing up uh, until somebody calls me. Somebody uh, is going to have to call me to get me back up. He didn't change his mind about God. Think about that for a minute. Uh, These were pretty negative situations he found himself in. But I believe if you'd asked him, he'd have said, hey, God's good. 
And I'm not sure exactly what God's doing in this situation, but God is good and I'm going to keep my eyes on him and I'm going to trust him and I'm going to love him and I'm not going to change my mind about God. He's not going to be on trial with me just because of a couple, by the way, a couple of back-to-back, back-to-back-to-back tough situations in his life and yet he still believed God was good. His approach, his attitude during these times of trial were the very things I believe that opened up other opportunities for him. He told the meaning of the butler and baker's dream and that, and by the way, you remember they said, hey, we'll remember you. I'll remember you. I'll tell, and they forgot about him. I mean, Joseph at this point could have just said, man, I'm just destined for, for failure and disappointment and people, people letting me down and hurting me. Uh, we, we just have to get beyond that. And Joseph got beyond it. By the way, this is interesting. Joseph, when he got uh, out of, well, let me finish this and I'll get to that. That got him when he, that finally got him on Pharaoh's radar. And when he, Pharaoh had a dream, he gave Joseph this big opportunity and I know Joseph got beyond this because he had two children, one named Manasseh and one named Ephraim. The, word, the name Manasseh means forgetting. And so Joseph forgot those things which were before. He didn't let them stick to him. He didn't let it affect him. He didn't let it discourage him. And the name Ephraim means fruitful abundance. And so by faith, he was looking forward to what God, through all of this difficulty and all of this adversity and all of this disappointment, he let it, he flushed it out, and he kept looking at the Lord for abundance. For years of his life, it seemed like he could not get a break, but he didn't pout, he didn't turn back, he didn't give up, he didn't shut down. In fact, it was during these times of seemingly getting nowhere that God said he was a prosperous man. And he had nothing. He had nothing to his name, but he was rich. By the way, he was experiencing disappointment after disappointment, but he's rich in character. He was rich in integrity. He was rich in his relationship with God, his faith in the Lord. He maintained that. He was rich in his optimistic outlook at life and about what God had in store for him. And uh, oh, what a wonderful example he is. We have to be the kind of man and woman that God can prosper and bless by not doubting him every time something doesn't go the way that we want to or that we plan it. This has been a great day for me, Brother Pope, because I'm, I'm very structured. I'm too structured. I mean, I, we have a plan, and I fight to stick to the plan. And this was good to me, for me to loosen up and let God change the plan and just relax and go along for the ride. Amen? That's what, that's what Joseph did. That's what we need to do sometimes. We have to respond in faith, keeping our eyes on him. And so uh, we had, number one, Joseph was a man of integrity, character, and honesty. Number two, he responded well to every adversity in his life. And then finally, and let me give you this and we'll be done tonight. Finally, uh, Joseph was a good steward of the resources and responsibilities that God gave him no matter how small. By the way, that's, that's the way God works. God gives you a little and then he wants to see what we do with the little And then according to how we deal with the little, he'll give us more and he'll give us greater opportunity. 
He'll give us greater responsibility. Even what would seem like a disappointment, he tackled with enthusiasm and grace. I mean, he went to work for Potiphar after being sold into slavery, lied about. Nobody knows where he's at. He's, he, he's, he's a, basically a, a bond servant, and yet he tackled that job and rose through the ranks, and he tackled it with enthusiasm and with grace. Can you imagine after being chief steward for Potiphar, the captain of Pharaoh's army, then getting put in jail, and now he's helping the jailer? What a letdown. That's not upward mobility. I mean, that's not the kind of promotion you're working toward at your job and your company. That's not the kind of advancement that you want to see in your uh, company. Uh, But that's certainly, uh, that's about as low and disappointing as you can get. But in every case, Joseph started with a small job, a little responsibility, and he did that well, and he did that with integrity, and with that, God gave him greater responsibility. And that that's, is kind of how God does things. He sees how we do with the smaller opportunities, how we handle them and continue uh, to give God reasons to bless in, in bigger uh, abundance. In fact, take your Bible, one more passage. Look at Luke chapter 16 and look at verse 10. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. And he, he lays it out for us here. He that is faithful in that which is least... By the way, the least and the much, you know, that's, that's more of how we identify things. That's more of how we process things. Uh, to God, it's all big. We heard your pastor preach on that yesterday. It's all big. It's all big. Anything you do for the Lord is big. It's big. Lives are hanging in the balance. People's eternity is hanging in the balance. There are no little jobs in the work of God. The president of the college we went to used to say there are no such thing as little churches. It's all a big deal. It's all a big deal. And so I think God sees it. There. I don't think he sees it as much as little and big. He wants to see that what we deem as little, we tackle it with the same intensity and the same fervor and the same devotion that we would if it was a bigger job. He goes on to say, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust, if we're not faithful in the little things, is unjust also in much, if therefore. So he's, now he's teaching uh, what happens, what corresponding things God does because of that. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon. By the way, that is talking about money there. Uh, and so that's the, that's the smallest part of all of this. Who will commit to your trust the true riches? And so what God's telling us here, there's so much more important things uh, and, and rich uh, things than just the money and the monetary. By the way, I like that. Uh, the who shall commit to your trust. Did you see that? Uh, in verse 11, the who shall commit to your trust is God. He's the arbiter of all that. He's the one that gives his blessing. He's the one that, uh, that gives that. Uh, he must see something in us to give greater blessing to. I think he's seen in Calvary Baptist Church, what was it, 26, 27, maybe 28 years, faithfully uh, doing the best that you could uh, with the building down there, packing it out, spilling out the seams. And uh, he saw that faithfulness 
And then he said, hey, I've got something for you just right across the road. And uh, we're going to put you a big building there. And I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to bless your faithfulness with that which was smaller. Now, it was a big deal over there. And it's a big deal here. And it's going to be a big deal the next building that you have. You can't have many more days like today and without thinking about what's the next step and what's God going to do next for us. And I told the, the group on Saturday, I said, I don't ever want to be the lid on what God wants to do in our ministry, in our life. I want to get out of the way. I want to let God do what he wants to do. I don't want to have any preconceived ideas or limitations on what God wants to do. I just want to be faithful with what he's given me to do now. I want to do my best with what he's given me to do now and then trust him for what he might want in the future. And I love that. I love that. I like how he says true riches, much more important things. Uh, you know, how can we expect God to do something more financially for us when we're not faithful uh, to our tithes and our offerings with what God has given us now? That's, that's just the teaching here. Uh, again, uh, we're not talking about him loving us more, uh, not making us any more saved, uh, but to cause what we do to be blessed in an even greater way. And so I, I think this is uh, that... I think this is a biblical definition of what God meant when he said Joseph was a prosperous man. I think Joseph just had some things, some qualities, some things he did intentionally that are biblical. We see here uh, that kind of put him in a position to be under that place where God would pour out his blessings. And by the way, you can be in that place. I can be in that place. Uh, We can all be in that place at the same time. If you're not in that place... Uh, you don't have to look far, and you'll see it's, it's pouring down right over here, right across the aisle. It's pouring down. Let's just move over, uh, not physically, but let's move over spiritually. Let's align ourselves with the Word of God. Let's not be a hearer of the Word only, but let's be a doer of the Word. Let's, let's have the integrity and the character uh, that Joseph had. Let's, let's respond well uh, to adversity. I, I find that... Uh, folks that don't navigate the, the different seasons of life, that don't navigate well uh, the, the different times where God seems to change things up on you, uh, sometimes we just get stuck and we get stuck spiritually, and we get stuck mentally and emotionally, and we're just not willing to move ahead with God uh, through difficult circumstances. And I find the ones that God blesses figure out how to, how to move through those in a successful, healthy, spiritual way. And then lastly, we want to make sure, like Joseph, we're good stewards of every opportunity, no matter how we deem them small or large, they're all big in God's eyes and they demand the absolute best we have to give with the help of God and the grace of God. And we too uh, can be that man that God blesses, that woman that God blesses, that teenager, that child that God blesses. Let's pray together tonight and we'll close out a wonderful day, wonderful weekend uh, in the Lord. Father, We are grateful for your love for us. And Lord, we want to to be faithful to you. And we want to, Lord, do our best with everything, every responsibility that you give to us. And Lord, we see that all around this place. And Lord, we thank you that you do want to bless your children and that you're looking uh, for those that you can pour your blessings upon. 
And Father, we want to be in that number. We want to be that Joseph, uh, Lord, that uh, aligned himself uh, with the word of God. Lord, bless like only you can. Uh, meet our needs. Bless us in a special way. In Jesus' name, our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Let's all stand together. And Brother Steve, Brother Pastor Pope will come. And we'll have just a brief time of invitation as he leads the invitation tonight. Well, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. And wow, man, what a great, great word tonight. Maybe tonight somebody needs to just slip out to this altar and just say, Lord, I want to be that man. I want to be that prosperous man. I want to be a Joseph. I want to be prosperous. I want, I, I want to be under the spout where the glory comes out. While we pause just for a minute tonight, if you need to step out, just come on. Just come on. That's right. Folks are coming. Are there others? Lord, I want to be that Joseph. I want to be that one that, that's blessed of the Lord. God blesses. If you're here tonight and there was decision that you needed to make earlier today and you didn't, didn't make that move. Hey, tonight's a great night to do that. Just slip out and come. Folks are continuing to come. Are there others? Father, we do thank you for your blessings. Lord, just simply say thank you for this weekend. Would almost be sent just sinful. But Lord, to the best that we know how to say it, we want to say, Lord, we're grateful. We thank you. 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 God, you've been so good to us this weekend. Lord, yesterday, Lord, we had high expectations, but yesterday far exceeded our expectations. And Lord, it seemed like so many people got help, not just folks at Calvary, but it seemed like so many folks got help and so many churches got help. And Lord, for that, we're very thankful. And then, Lord, for what you've done today, Lord, numerous people came to Christ Lord, numerous people were saved today. Great decisions were made. Lord, the house was packed and jammed. And then, Lord, tonight, Lord, we just wanted to, we wanted to be careful. We wanted to be careful to honor you. And so, Lord, I'm so glad we came back tonight. And I know we're tired physically, but, Lord, it was, it was well worth our time being here tonight, worshiping you in spirit and in truth. God, for that, we're very, very thankful. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God, you're a great God. You're a wonderful Lord. And we can't even praise you enough. Thank you for being so good. God, I pray that you'd seal every decision that's been made today. I pray that you'd continue to work in hearts. I believe you're doing that. I pray you continue to work in hearts. And Father, I pray that maybe even by Wednesday night, I'll be able to announce to the church some other decisions have been made. So Holy Spirit, please continue to work. There could be even some that are watching tonight by way of live stream. 
And Lord, tonight they need to make a decision. Father, help them to reach for that phone right now to dial the number on the screen. And God, I pray that our prayer helpline worker would be able to pray with them and help them and be a blessing to them. Lord, I pray that you'll bless. And we sure thank you again for all your goodness to us. In Jesus' name. You can look up this way. We're going to sing this little chorus together before we go. Well, Calvary, it's been a great weekend, hasn't it? Amen. Let's sing it together. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Sing with me tonight. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou Can you play God is so good? Can you do that? Can we sing that? God is so good. We'll sing it. Ready? Here we go. Here we go. God is so good. God is so good. Sing it, Calvary. God is Oh, yes. He's so good to me. One more time, one more time. God is so good. Even though you're going through adversity. Even though life is tough sometimes. God is so good. He's so We got to do it one more time, just for me. Would you do it one more time? God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. And all God's people said, Amen, amen. You can have a seat just for a moment. We got a couple presentations that we need to make tonight. And uh, while uh, those that need to do these presentations, if they're while they're coming to the platform this evening, let me mention a couple things real quickly if I could. Thank you, Brother Tool. Was that great? Amen. Man, we need the word, don't we? Amen. 